the wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Hey, friend, it's Cami Crawford. I'm a TV host, producer, and model living in Los Angeles, but you may know me from my work on MTV's Catfish. Welcome to my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight-up shitty. Think of me as your big sister that you can always trust to give you the real tea. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Talk soon, bestie. Happy Friday, besties. We have made it. Once again, we have made it somehow, some way. I'm really trying to figure out how I made it, though, because as you guys heard in our first episode of the relaunch of the podcast, I am getting off birth control. And by am getting off, I mean I have gotten off. And, you know, it's a journey already. And of course, I am riding the Crimson Tide and hating my life. But, you know, what else is new? Oh, how I love being a woman. That aside, I want to introduce something else that's new um, for you and for me. I am going to start doing what I'm calling the relationship show of the week because there is so much shit out there and we need to talk about it. And, you know, obviously we have amazing topics, amazing guests on the podcast every single week. But I want to talk about what's going on currently. So here is the very first relationship show of the week. And I feel like you can kind of guess what this is going to be. If you have access to the Internet, Wi-Fi connection, a messenger pigeon, a fax machine, you have seen Risa Tisa's 52-part series called Who the Fuck Did I Marry on TikTok. And if you haven't, I'm going to need you to tap in. Risa Tisa, R-E-E-S-A-T-E-E-S-A. Risa Tisa, just look her up or look up Who the Fuck Did I Marry on TikTok and you will find it. 52 parts. Okay, and she made a nice, easy, breezy playlist so you can listen to all the parts or watch all of them. And what I learned how to do is to change the playback speed to make it a little bit faster so you can really, you know, capture the moments. Um, If you're somebody like me who likes somebody who's talking a little bit faster, I change it to 1.5 speed. And honey, I was breezing through the parts, breezing through. So for all the people who've asked me, did I see it? Of course I saw it. Of course I saw it. Long story short, this woman gives a 52-part series about her marriage to this man down in Atlanta who essentially catfished her in real life. And 
he told her that he worked for a certain company, that he was an executive, but really he was just a temp at that company. He would be in the same room with her on the phone having full conversations for hours with family members, quote unquote, that he said that he was talking to, tapping her in the conversation like, oh, you know, he's on the phone. She's in another room and he's like, oh, babe, George says, what's up? And she's like, oh, tell George I said hi. And he's like, oh, yeah, she says hi. She's doing laundry right now. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. So what you doing this weekend? And he would pause. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I think we about to go to such and such. You hear it was about to snow? Yeah, it's about to snow. Having full conversations. Guess what? Nobody on the other end of the phone. I know that Risa Tisa is telling the truth because the same shit happened to me. But it wasn't a romantic partner. But somebody who was very close to me, I'm not going to name names, somebody who was very close to me did the exact same thing, lied upon lied upon lied upon lied, pathologically lied about everything in their life. And I did not question it because, hello, like who is questioning? You're not questioning Y'all hear me come on this podcast every single week and tell y'all stories and tell y'all tales, okay? You don't know whether or not I'm telling the truth. I could have made the whole shit up, but you believe it because you believe in me. So I stand by Risa Tisa and I want for you to watch and let me know what you think. But I stand by her. I'm gonna stick beside her. I know that a lot of it, you know, we ignore the red flags, uh, of course, a lot in relationships, period, whether they be romantic, friendship, what have you. She ignored a lot of them and she admits to that. She she cops up to it. She's like, I know that I I fucked up. I should have looked deeper, but I didn't because I was in love. She was supposed to get a house with this man. She was supposed to have a baby with this man, all these things. And Lord, I don't know what you believe in, but God protected this woman time and time again. He wanted her to see the signs and she was closing her eyes and she knows it. But at the end of the day, This is why I say that people that you know in real life can catfish you. It's not just creepers on the internet, although she did meet him on a dating app. Oops. Oops. Um, (laughs) She did meet him on a dating app, but that's nothing against dating apps. Of course, you know, I am biased because I met my man on a dating app. That's besides the point. People can catfish you. IRL, honey. People that you know. Okay. Somebody that I knew personally catfished me. I had no idea. All right. They were taking trips with people that didn't exist. And guess what? You think that I was like, oh, are you sure this person is a real person? No, nobody's doing that. Y'all don't do that every single time I tell you stories. You're not like, is that true? Is that real? Is that? No, you believe me. You believe me, but you can't trust anybody. You can't even trust me. Just kidding. Yes, you can. You can believe in me and I believe in Risa T said everything that she said. I actually reached out to her to see if she will come on the podcast because I would love, love to unpack with her and just, you know, show my solidarity because I know what it's like. I know what it's like. And I know how fucking insane it feels to be close to somebody who's lied to you so much and you believed it all. And then when you find out that it all was a lie, you feel like the nuttiest nut on earth. (laughs) You feel so crazy. It took me a long time to like heal from that situation. And I'm sure it was the same for her. And I hope that she is getting the healing that she deserves and that she will find the love that she deserves one day because holy shit, that story is a motherfucking roller coaster. Okay. And while it is entertaining for all of us, that's her real life. And so, you know, would love to talk to her about it. 
tag her, let her know. But I wish her the best regardless. Moving on to today's episode, I am so excited about this one. Speaking of TikTok, this is a creator who I have admired on TikTok for a long time because she is so fucking funny and so educational and enlightening us about the realities of our own ignorance and just in general. She's an incredible person and you're going to hear and find out why. Molly Burke is on the podcast today. If you know her, you know she's a content creator, but she's also an author and she has all of these incredible accolades underneath her belt. And she also just so happens to be blind. And she talks about it on her TikTok and on her social media, her YouTube, everything. And she's taught me just so much. She's taught me so much about, you know, my own ableism that, you know, obviously we don't really recognize that we have it, but we often do. If you are an able-bodied person, chances are you don't think about accessibility on a regular basis. And, you know, I obviously don't receive half of the comments that she receives. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about people on the internet and how fucking delusional and disrespectful people can be. And we're going to have an honest conversation about disability and her experience. And I'm just so excited to even have her on. She's just hilarious. And you're going to absolutely love this episode. So let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. It is your girl, Cami Crawford. And today I am so excited because we have Molly Burke in the stew. Hey, Molly. Hey, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Molly is a content creator, a speaker, an author, and an advocate. And you just so happen to be blind. True. All, all of that is factual. <laughs> yes. Well done. Good like researching. No lies told. Good researching. You got my Instagram bio down pat. Down packed. I also have been following along on your TikTok journey, I think, I would say for the past two years. That's how I found you in the first place was through TikTok. I found you through Catfish, <gasps> as, as, we, as we all did. I love that. That makes me very, very happy. Hopefully now also TikTok because yes, I've been of trying course. to bust out this TikTok content. I don't know how you do it. I saw your one about the Valentine's Day the other day. Yes. And I like shared it with my boyfriend. I was like. Because my boyfriend hasn't asked me to be his Valentine yet. Neither has mine. And I'm just trying to figure out why they think that this is like. They have it on lock. You don't have me on lock. No. I could never. leave at any time. I could walk out that door. I tell my boyfriend that sometimes. He's like, all right. He's like, hey, bye. You'll be back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll be knocking tomorrow. He's like, there's nothing out here. Um, but I love everything that you post about because you're just so real and raw and honest. Sometimes too much. No, actually. I think it's exactly what the world needs to see because I feel like people probably put you in a box on a regular basis. I just wonder what made you want to share so much about your life and your journey and yourself and take take us take us back. You know, I think that I was just born to be this person, like regardless of my vision loss and my disease. I was just always like the girl to stick her foot in her mouth and overshare, <laughs> have no filter. Like I was just always my parents were always like, calm, uh. calm down. <laughs> and I just can't, you know, like yeah. I just. I grew up a performer. I was in acting, specifically like improv and stage performance. I was a dancer, singer. Like I was just always that, you know, I was a theater kid through and through. We're just extra. We're just wow. all extra. Do you know, I've been thinking about what your sign could be this whole time. And I came in here today talking about Leos. And now you're like, I'm a theater kid. I'm the Are you a Leo? 
I'm an Aquarius. My ah! birthday's in two days. What? Yes. Okay, first of all, happy birthday. Thank you. Secondly, Aquarius was my second choice. I am so Aquarius. <laughs> I am so Aquarius. Like, I always say the good, the bad, and the ugly. I am it, and I accept it. Like, Stop. it's just all true. No, I feel like everybody loves Aquarius. You know, Are I you feel getting like Aquarius not everybody hate? can handle an Aquarius. Like, we're like aliens in human suits, yes. you know? Yes, yes. We're super weird. Yes. And if, like, I know I'm weird. <laughs> So if you can handle that I'm weird, we're yeah. all good. Like, yeah. I'm not going to shy away from being weird. Yeah. As long as you, you also embrace it, we're all good and it's going to be a fun time. Right. Exactly. My sister's an Aquarius and she's very weird. But I love her because we can be weird together. Yes. Like, she brings out my inner weirdness. Exactly. Like, my comfort with my weirdness will help you embrace your inner mm -hmm. weird. Yes. And then it's the world is a better place. I think so. I love that. I love that. So your condition is called RP. Yes, retinitis pigmentosa. And you were diagnosed when? When I was like four years old, but my parents spent from six months old to almost five years old trying to get a diagnosis. Oh. So it's a very long journey because it's a rare disease. And I had a couple of other diagnoses that were complicating getting to that diagnosis. So it was a lot, but mm -hmm. um, I was diagnosed at almost five years old. And at that point, they told my parents she's going to progressively go blind, but we don't know when she will go blind. Wow. It'll just be progressive throughout her life. And then I ended up losing the majority of my sight at 14. Do you remember like the early symptoms of this or your parents, I'm sure, yeah. told you things that they saw or noticed? Yeah, so I've been night blind from birth. So I've never been able to see in dim or dark lighting at all. Mm. It was like closing your eyes, like just pitch black. Wow. So I'd go from like seeing during the day to yeah. like a dim light or dark lighting. And it was just nothing, which mm. is very weird. Mm -hmm. um, was it scary or were you just like, oh, this well, is that how was just it life. is. Yeah, that was right. just life for me always. Yeah. And it's hard when you're a kid because you can't like really verbalize that. Mm -hmm. And even if you do, people don't really take kids seriously. Yeah, because you're like, I can't see at night. And your parents are like, yeah, No, literally, like, I remember <laughs> my neighbor trying to describe to me that I couldn't see the same as I could during the day, but I could still see outlines and shapes of things. And I was like, no, I can't. And she's yeah. like, yes, you can. And I was like, no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like really yeah. difficult. Um, and then tunnel vision is the other major symptom. Mm. So that's like no peripheral vision. And it essentially just like closes in. Wow. And do you remember being five and like conversations about this being something that was being had, like when you went to the doctor and things mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, my parents never hid my diagnosis from me. As soon as I was diagnosed, they were teaching me about it and telling me what it meant and mm. helping me learn how to pronounce it. And I thought it was so funny that it was Pigman. So I'd run yeah. around saying, Pigman, Pigman. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was like always fully informed, which yeah. I really appreciate um, because it just normalized it my entire life for me. Yeah. Um, didn't make it necessarily any easier when I lost the majority of my sight. But it, it wasn't like shocking new information. I knew that this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and my parents just taught me to like embrace this part of who I am and not be ashamed of it or shy away from it. Um, so I really appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah, they, they were always like really upfront with me. And, and I also like, unfortunately, some of my most vivid memories of childhood are like being at the hospital and getting mm. tests and painful procedures done. Um, so that's like that little trauma that's stored in my brain oh. from childhood is those kinds of things. So I do like vividly remember a lot of the medical side of things um, and, and that my diagnosis was always 
something I was aware of. Right. And then you fully lost your vision at 14. Yeah. So I have like a bit of light and shadow perception left. Um, and that might go at some point. Um, but basically, I'm considered kind of totally blind because mm. I don't have usable vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when I walked in today, I have this big curly hair, y'all. If you're listening, if you're not watching. Um, and Molly was like, I love your hair. And I was like, oh. The like, moment I wow. hugged you, the hair also hugged me. You know, like yes. you hugged me, but so did yes. your hair. That's the that's what I was going for. So thank you. Um, when you were 14 and you found out that, I mean, I guess you just woke up one day and all of the vision was gone? No, it was progressive. Mm. So over the course of about six to eight months, it just like really drastically decreased. So colors started changing and fading. So for example, all of the pastel colors just looked white. Mm. All of the dark colors just looked black and then black started to look gray and it just all started to kind of fade and get like less vivid. Mm. Everything just kind of blended. I stopped being able to see a lot of details and then it also was closing. Yeah. So it was slowly getting more narrow, the field of vision that I could see. Did it freak you out or were you just like, did you automatically have a- It didn't scare a, me. Uh-huh. It made me sad. Mm. Like it didn't make me scared because I grew up around blind people my whole life. Oh. So I didn't feel scared of it, but I felt sad. Yeah. I felt angry. I felt self-pity. I felt just ashamed. Mm. Like it was, but none of it was necessarily scary because I understood that I could live a good life as a blind person. Yes. Eventually. Yeah. So I wasn't like my life is over and then I'll know I'll never have a good life again because mm -hmm. I had seen blind people live good lives. But I was resentful and angry and upset that this was my reality right now. Yeah. And that I didn't know how I was going to get to where it would be good again. Right. Wow. I knew I was going to have to go through a lot of hard stuff before it would be okay. Right. And that part sucked. Because mm. it's genetic. It is. So yeah. do you have people in your immediate family that also have it? It's genetic, but I have a really rare form that is not super spreadable. Oh, so okay. some people with RP have a genetic form that is like rampant and 50 family members all have it. Mm -hmm. My type is not like that. So nobody in my family's history has ever had it. And they don't believe anybody in my family's future should ever have it, mm -hmm. even though it is technically passed down from both of my parents. Right. Um, I didn't have a big blind community because of family, but my family, because they knew I would be going blind, really made an effort to immerse me with my community, yeah. which was another aspect of what made me like accept that this was my life because mm -hmm. I knew blind people. And so they just really like showed me that there's people who are blind that are living good lives and that are happy and that are still wonderful people and successful and I'm grateful that they they provided that support system for me from a young age. Yeah. And now you're able to share with so many other people because I even thinking back, I only knew one blind person. This girl, her name was Jenny. Hey, Jenny, girl. She was born blind and she was in my high school. And she always when I tell you the nicest person I think I have ever encountered in my entire life. She was so positive. She was so kind, like she could hear me come in before I even walked towards her she'd be like hey Cammy." i'd be like jenny hey like how are you and i feel like there are so many misconceptions about blindness mm -hmm. and you dismantle all that shit. because when i first saw you you were doing your makeup on tiktok 
And you were like, I'm going to use this pink tone. I'm going to like, you knew your shit. Was it a process like where you had to discover all of these things? Did you just have people telling you what you were picking up and touching and what was here and what was there? How did you go about acclimating yourself to your new life? Part of the reason that I wanted to start social media was because of how much social media did for me. I taught myself how to do my makeup. I taught myself how to do my hair. I taught myself how to put together outfits and go shopping as a blind person. I didn't have somebody in my life who knew how to teach me those things. But those were things that I loved. And I always say going blind didn't change who I am. It changed how I do things. So like Sighted Molly loved all those things. So Blind Molly needed to figure out how to keep loving those things. Yeah. But I just, nobody in my blind community was really into that the way that I was. Right. And so I turned to like OG beauty guru YouTube. Yes. And would listen to their videos, their hauls and their tutorials and their reviews. And I would just like lock myself in my bedroom and experiment with makeup and I would look a damn fool. And my parents would like <laughs> lovingly burst out laughing at the mascara down my face. Oh my God. And I would just keep practicing and practicing and practicing and experimenting. And I was like, I would love to help other people the way that these girls on YouTube have helped me. Yeah. But in like a more specific way that like other blind people who want to enjoy these things can learn specific blind techniques that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. And that's why 10 years ago I started YouTube. And of course, like everybody on social media, I'm now on everything. Yeah. But that's <laughs> that's why I really started was because I had to teach myself through the sighted girls trying to teach other sighted people. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I had to figure out how to adapt their techniques to suit my needs. Yeah. So now I can teach how I've adapted to help other people. Yeah. Who are your faves? Mm. Ooh, OG girls. I mean, like the Bethany Moda. Yeah. And Juicy Star 07. Oh my God, Juicy Star Blair 07. Fowler, all the yes. girls, you know. Oh, those were the simpler times. Yeah, Megan Hart's days. makeup, like the true, true OG yeah. beauty lifestyle girls. Before anybody that. was getting PR packages. Seriously. Brand trips didn't exist. It girls was a were buying time. that shit. It was a better time. Mm -hmm. It was a better time. Honestly, I mean, I love the beauty girls now, of course, but like there was something so honest about YouTube. I yeah. learned how to do my makeup from YouTube too. People As we all like, did. I feel like As we, we all, all did. did. And yeah. I feel like if you miss that train, you really missed out because there's so much goodness on there. And mm -hmm. you don't know what it's like to do a cut crease at the age of 14 to go to high school we on all a regular have, Wednesday. We all have evolved <laughs> we greatly have. since then. Thank God. Yes. Thank God. Oh my God. I used to buy so much makeup and I actually bought like a makeup artist's kit but I was like 15. What am I doing with all this? Right, like 18,000 <laughs> brushes yes. and every color. Hello. Even though you only touch like three of them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. What a coming of age. Mm -hmm. What a coming of age story in time. And I now they're all just like buying drunk elephant and sipping out of their Stanley tumblers. They're so lost. Yeah. I do have a Stanley tumbler and also drunk elephant. <laughs> I don't have a, oh, I have a Stanley water bottle, but not a tumbler. Okay. And I own zero drunk elephant and I kind of feel proud. Now they're going to send you a bunch of PR. <laughs> now they're no, gonna I'm not 12. They don't want me. They found their new market. Oh my God. They're like, not these girls. We need to go. We need to go lower. We need to go lower. Yeah. Child, tis the season. Allergy season, that is. I don't know about you, but I feel like every time I step outside of my door, as soon as I even, if, even if I crack a window open, 
I am hit with the pollen, the dander, the this, the that, all of the things that make me absolutely miserable and I need relief. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. And I don't have to suffer anymore because shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples because you know we need them, especially during times like this. Okay, unprecedented allergy times. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now, I have been reaching for Claritin D for as long as I can remember. It was actually the very first allergy pill that I had ever tried. And there's a reason for that. It really, really works and relieves your symptoms so quickly. As fast as you can even say the word pollen, Claritin D could work just as fast for you. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies at all? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Well, now, I mean, you've amassed this huge following on social media. And of course, unfortunately, of course, when you're posting about your life and you are sharing these honest moments about yourself, people have shit to say about it. Oh, you get it all. I mean... It doesn't matter what it is. Even under my Valentine's Day thing, I'm like, this isn't even that big of a deal. And people are like, really? Like, this is the type of person you are? Yeah, this is the type of person that I am. It was like silly and sassy and cute. (laughs) It's cute. It's not serious. It's It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But I'm sure you get crazy comments all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. But you just like at a certain point, it's like funny. Yeah. Like, I think it's like I I store like my top five favorite hate comments in the back of my mind. And I think they're funny. And I pull them out at parties. (laughs) What do they say? (laughs) Oh, of course, I'm faking blind. Oh, Um, right. That's just obvious. And so Elton John, the guide dog is just like for funsies to add on top of the joke. Correct. (laughs) My favorite is when people ask if I've tried glasses. Oh, I'm like my parents thought learning Braille and getting a cane was the better alternative to glasses. Yeah. So I actually yeah. didn't. But thank you. <laughs> now at 30, I will check them out. <laughs> People are so ignorant. People are so funny. One of my favorites was I clicked on this video thinking she'd be a really cool blind person. And it turns out she's just basic as fuck. And I was like, yeah, I am. That's kind of the point. I, no, like, I'm a human. I'm a just a, I'm just a normal girl who's living my normal mm-hmm. life. And that's the whole point. Yeah. It's like, we're not some circus freaks. Mm-hmm. We're not some like othered individuals that you watch for entertainment value were people right and for so long the media has done my community so dirty and created a spectacle of us and has done so much injustice to our stories because at large they've been created by non-disabled people right and played by them non-disabled people and so they're just constantly perpetuating misconceptions and stereotypes like i'm gonna feel your face instead of shake your hand when we meet yeah (laughs) and all of these like ridiculous things yes um or that the only way to be blind is to wear dark sunglasses or have gray foggy eyes like just creating all of these harmful misconceptions Mm -hmm. and so then when somebody clicks on me and they're like, ooh, she's going to be some like interesting circus freak that I can watch and like gaze at. And then they're like, oh, wait, she's just like a normal girl who loves makeup and fashion. She's just getting That's dressed. not interesting. 
And it's like, okay, good. I made a point then. Yeah. Like I made a point. Right. That is who we are. We are normal people. Yes. I and love we that. should be treated as such. I love that. I heard you say, I'm not here to inspire you. I'm just here to be a human. Mm-hmm. And there is something so fucking real about that because for some reason in society, I think we've gotten to a place where so much is manufactured, so much is scripted and like rehearsed that people don't think that you can just be a regular human being having a regular lived experience without like trying to have some kind of ulterior motive Mm -hmm. to like become famous or like, you know, be an inspiration or what, like, I I can only relate in a sense to like when I post a picture of me in a bikini and I get a flood of comments like, you're so inspirational. Mm. I'm not trying to inspire you, bitch. I'm just showing off my new two piece. Like, why are we, why are we, why are you making this into something bigger than it is? Or like, oh, I'm so, I like, every time I see you, you make me feel better about myself. And I'm like, I don't know exactly. I think you mean that in a nice way. But also I feel like it's a little. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And I think that especially as disabled people, because we've been so othered by society for so long, people utilize us as like a tool to either uplift uh, and like we're, we're there to inspire you mm-hmm. as like an object to look at as a source of inspiration because if they can do it then I can do yeah. it like no right and also that's maybe, you, that can't. Works. maybe, you, maybe can't you can't maybe you can't like that's okay <laughs> yeah like I always say disabled or not we all have different access we all have different opportunity we all have different genetics that make up what our skills are what our talents and abilities and interests might be And all of that dictates what you may be possibly able to do. Right. And like, so just because one person can doesn't mean all people can. Just because one blind person can do something doesn't mean all blind people can do something. Just because a person in a wheelchair can do it doesn't mean a person who's not in a wheelchair can do it. Yeah. And it's like this really sick narrative. And then the other way we are utilized is as like pity. Mm, Like, mm -hmm. oh, I feel so bad. At least my life isn't like theirs. Yeah. Like I thought my life was bad, but she's blind, but he can't hear. God. My life ain't that hard. Yeah. And it's like both of those are really negative. Yeah. Those are really, really, really harmful to our community. And one way is to make me inherently feel bad about my life because mm-hmm. you're using me to make you feel better about yours all right. the time. Yes. And the other way puts me on this pedestal that like is so high up that if I fall off, like I will die. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot put me on this pedestal of like being an angel. Yeah. Because I'm a person and I have flaws and I make mistakes and I'm a human. And when you are placed on this angelic pedestal, the source of inspiration, the moment you do anything that people view as not inspiring, they condemn you Mm -hmm. and they criticize you and you have hurt them Mm -hmm. because they looked to you to be this thing for them. And it's like, I didn't ask to be that. I am just a person and I need to be viewed and treated as such. And there are parts of me that, yes, can be seen as inspiring just as much as anybody else has parts about them that could inspire me, regardless of whether they are disabled or not. Yes. Preach on, Pastor. Wow, that was beautiful people are just looking for something to look up to. And like, yeah, like you're saying, like in certain ways, there there are plenty of things to look up to that don't have anything to do with the fact that you're blind. Like they could just love the way you do your glam. 
I love your hair. I love the bangs. I think they look fucking cute. Like, I would love to cut my hair into this exact same bob. <laughs> like, that's my Thank next you. look. There are other things outside of that, but I occasionally will see comments on a ton of people's videos where they have a disability and people will be like, yeah, if they can do it, I can do it too. Or like, there's no excuses for us. Right. Like, oh God, put I that in your group that. chat. So gross. Why I are like, you saying this out loud? Mm -hmm. to I someone? really feel like you need to, before you comment, be like, if I removed the disability, mm -hmm. would I be inspired still? Mm. Or if I removed the disability, would I still be uplifted by this? Yes. And it's really important to recognize that. And like, I do want to say for the record, I have had a ton of hardship. Right. Like mm. I do as a disabled woman face oppression and ableism as much as like anybody else in a marginalized community does. Right. Like I, I face a lot of hardship on a daily basis and yeah. I'm not trying to take away from the hardships that disabled people and marginalized people face every single day. That does make them inspiring when they are able to consistently overcome and push through that. Mm -hmm. But putting this like extra layer of pressure to be inspiring is like really toxic and harmful yeah. for the already struggling mental health. <laughs> right. Because I can't live with that pressure. Like I cannot bear that pressure. Yeah. I've heard you talk about the fact that, you know, obviously you have to fight through these things on a regular basis. So there are times when you feel like you have to overachieve and mm -hmm. like overexert yourself to meet other people's expectations of you. Sometimes I feel the need to be three times as good to be seen as half as equal, you know, and it, that in itself is exhausting. And that is how it feels to be a disabled person in society, because you are constantly viewed for what you lack. You are constantly viewed for what people perceive you to not be able to do. Mm. So you feel like to get an opportunity or to get a chance, you need to prove yourself three times over. Yeah. And I remember like my boyfriend filmed a TikTok for me because we were out and I was like, oh, this would be a fun TikTok. And so he shot it for me. And then a minute later, he's like, oh, your hair. And he like fixed my hair. And I was like, no, you need to tell me that like before I filmed the yeah. TikTok. And he's like, girl, people film TikToks with messed up hair all the time. And I was like, yeah, but I'm blind. Mm. So people are automatically going to assume that I didn't know my hair was messed up mm. and that my hair is messed up because I'm blind and I don't know how to do my hair because I'm blind. And that's why it's messed up. Like, yeah. they're not going to assume that it was because it was a windy day, which is what it was. Mm -hmm. I just got off a boat ride on a windy day. So my hair was disheveled. Yeah. But like I knew that people wouldn't make that assumption. Mm. People's assumption would automatically be that she's blind and she can't look in the mirror, so she can't do her hair, and she doesn't know her hair is messed up, poor thing. Mm. And that was gonna be the perception. Yeah. So even though I know that if I was not disabled, I could do a TikTok with messed up hair and people wouldn't make those assumptions, people would automatically have like ableist assumptions about why my hair was messed up. Yeah. And I feel this constant need to be better always mm. and be perfect always so that people don't discount me automatically because of my disability. That's so much fucking pressure. How do you deal? Like, how do you cope? You obviously have a great support system around you, but like, how do you, do you ever just scream? You're always so positive. <laughs> like you always have, like you're honest, but you're always like, you have like a, an amazing sense of humor about things and like the way that you talk about things is it really brings people in. But are you ever like, fuck, I hate everyone. For a long time, <laughs> I felt the pressure to be what people expected and wanted me to be right. Mm -hmm. Like I felt that pressure to be their source of inspiration to be there. And then I got to a point where I was like, I literally can't bear this weight. I'm crumbling. Yeah. Like I need to be 
just so for real about who I am. Mm -hmm. And that person includes flaws, as does everybody's. And once I was able to just be like, listen, you guys need to know that like, you know, I used to drink underage and get blackout <laughs> drunk. And I like, you know, Gas. also had my phase of like making out with random boys at parties. And I also <laughs> swear like a sailor when I'm not on camera. And like, yeah. I just need you all to know yeah. that that's who I am. Just mm -hmm. like lots of other people have done those things. Yeah. And not been like, <gasps> you know, mm -hmm. like, it's, it, I just need you to know that like, yeah, there's parts of me that I do think can inspire, but there are also parts of me that are just like really raw and real and, and hard, yeah. you know? And like, I have bad parts about me and I need to not live with shame over those because those are a part of growing and learning. And those are a part of being human. Mm -hmm. That's like a part of the human experience. Yeah. And while you might not have had to do those things, good for you. I'm sure you have other flaws mm -hmm. in your past and like other things that make you like, like I, when I am PMSing, I am grumpy. Okay. <laughs> like I am grumpy. Yes. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> like I am like, I literally take Prozac because I am so grumpy oh before God. my period. Wait, I don't can take I have it, some? Right, Does that help? Honest, it's the best. <laughs> I was helps? diagnosed with PMDD, premenstrual <gasps> dysphoric disorder. Yeah. So I take Prozac like just the 10 to 12 days pre-period and then I'm what? not on it the rest of the month because I'm sane the rest of the month. That but those 12 lovely. days, like I'm evil. I feel so miserable. Yeah, me too. And it's like, if you meet me on those days, you're not meeting normal Molly. Yeah. Although now that I'm on Prozac, you are, which is great. <laughs> um, love that. Love that I get to be normal Molly all yes. of the month instead of part of the month. Yes. And then I feel like monster Molly. Oh my God. Um, but like, that's a human experience. Mm -hmm. If you met me pre-Prozac, yeah. Pre-PMDD diagnosis, yeah. when I was like feeling miserable, you would be like, oh, she's not that girl I thought she was. Mm. But no, I was having a human experience. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's okay. And I think it's so important to remove everybody from these pedestals we put them on. Any A-list celebrity or any content creator you yes. watch or anybody like remove them from these pedestals and recognize that like we're all here living the human experience and that includes highs and lows mm -hmm. good and bad and i'm not trying to paint myself as an angel so if you've painted that picture of me for yourself that's, that's on, you. on you if she falls from grace right I, i'm gonna put that on a t-shirt because i agree. i get royalty okay? i yeah. no, get 20 percent right off the top no i i totally understand that I come from a pageant background. And so I had to do like a rebrand when I entered the yes, TV you, space. The pageant girls Child, are perfect. They, you are perfect yeah. little angel girls. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. Do no wrong. Allegedly. But I but also was human. drinking underage. <laughs> yes. And I get pimples. <laughs> and I have PMS too. Like there are certain things that it's like I had to teach people about myself yes. so that they could see me as not a Disney princess. Yes. And then when they saw the real me, a lot of people were like, hell yeah, like this is this is what we want to see. And a lot of people were like, this is a lot. This is too much. Mm -hmm. Like she's just so brash. She's so, yeah, yeah, I am. I am. This is who the fuck I've always yes. been. Nice to meet you. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> like I said, like I'm like a little too honest sometimes. I stick my foot in my mouth. I say things that make people uncomfortable. But I believe that sometimes to make change, you need to push the box. Mm, you need to push mm -hmm. the boundary. And like, I really believe that vulnerability and honesty and authenticity are the only ways to create change. Yeah. 
And sometimes being honest makes people uncomfortable because they're forced to be confronted with the truth. Yes. And sometimes the truth isn't pretty. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you need to realize ways in which like you have lived with internalized ableism or you have misogynistic beliefs or Mm -hmm. homophobic beliefs or racist beliefs. Like you need to be like, oh, damn. Yeah. I have lived comfortably in my privileged bubble Mm -hmm. for so long that I did not realize that like I am ableist or I am racist or I am homophobic. And once you realize that maybe you are, that's uncomfortable. Yeah. That's not fun. Right. That's not easy. And you don't like it. Yeah. Right. But that's how you make change. Exactly. And so I'm not here to make non-disabled people happy. I'm here to help non-disabled people change. Yeah. Because we need change. We do. Because this community has been done so wrong for so long. Mm -hmm. And disabled people have been forced to play into the narrative that has existed for us simply to survive. Yeah. Like simply to keep getting by. Yeah. And all I can do with this place of privilege that I have in that I have a platform is to try to make change. And that means being honest and having hard conversations. Mm -hmm. That sometimes means you're not going to like me. And I've had to come to terms with that. I think as women, we all have a bit of people-pleasing nature. Yes. And as I said, like as a person who who grew up disabled, you absolutely have a people-pleasing nature Mm -hmm. Mm because you're just trying to get by. Right. And so it's hard for me as somebody who uses people-pleasing as like a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. a self-preservation to deconstruct that and be like, it's okay if people don't like me right now because if it creates the change we need, that's worth it for me. Yeah. If it creates the change the community needs at large, that's worth it for me. Right. That vulnerability and authenticity is what people need to see to to recognize the humanness in all of us. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about dating. Yes. Because I know you have a boyfriend and I'm so glad you brought him up. I do. Your boyfriend is sighted. He is. Did yes. you meet on Tinder? Because I know that you were on Tinder because I saw it on no, the Trevor Noah show. I've not been on Tinder in like four years. After my last relationship, I was like, I'm spraying off of dating apps forever. <laughs> uh, never again. Um, no, I am not. I did. We did not. We, I, it's so funny. He's like my little secret. We've been together. Our one year anniversary is February 22nd. Oh my so God. So it's like we've been together for a year, but he is still like, like none of my followers know his name. They don't know what he does. Same. They don't know anything. Same. He my boyfriend and I are the same. Yeah, they don't know what he looks like. They don't know any. They don't <gasps> I know love any. It. They don't, don't know how we met. So I'm like, do so I so peaceful? No, don't. No, it's so peaceful. It's so peaceful. It is so. It's so nice. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like I have this whole separate life. Yes. Outside of social media. Yes. That I have like this private thing that is just for me to enjoy. Molly. And it is so blissful. You are me and I am you. I kept being like, maybe when we get to like a year old, and I'm still like, nah, I'm still so far away from wanting yeah. to talk about him. Yes. He, I'm still so happy with him just being mine. Yeah. He's just mine. He's nobody else's. And, and I love that. I feel like when you put yourself out there on social media as we do, People feel entitled to things about yes. our lives and having something that is just for you is so comforting yeah. and like 
it's like I, this is like my little world that I get to escape to. It's yes. so it's so I it's I separate. It's so entirely much. separate because when so much of your life is online, yeah, the line of life and work is so blurred. Yeah, and for me, building boundaries is actually harder than not having any. Like I am, like I said, I've always been an open book. Before I did social media, I was a full-time motivational speaker and I was a super open book about all my trauma and all my hardships in order to create change. And like before that, I was the girl who would like go on a first date and like, I'd be like, yeah, so when I was 14, I was suicidal. And like, I would just like, I just have no filter. Like, I just have no filter. I have no boundaries. Not literally to me, nothing is private. Yeah. Nothing is private. Yeah. And that's just who I am, which mm -hmm. is why I really believe like I am who I was meant to be. Yeah. And I was given the circumstance I was because I meant to use it to create change. Yes. Because like God didn't give me this ability to be so open and vulnerable and honest so easily and give me such a hardship. Mm -hmm. without wanting to combine those two and do something with it. Like, I truly believe this is who I was meant to be because I'm meant to do something. Yeah. But like, it's hard when you have no boundaries and the whole world is watching. Yeah. And so for me, in the past few years, I've actually had to like make an effort to create boundaries for mm -hmm. myself, mm -hmm. for my own mental well-being. Yeah. And literally that's harder for me than not. Mm -hmm. But because I want to go to my followers just like I want to go to my best friends. But you guys, I'm falling in love with this guy. He's so cute. And he's so sweet. And he's so wonderful. Let me tell yeah. you all about him. I go to my following like they're my best friends. Right. Because that's the way I felt when I grew up watching creators. I felt mm -hmm. like they were my best friends. Mm -hmm. And I love having that same feeling with my followers. So it's hard for me not to tell them. But the benefit that I have found of not telling them so far has been so good for my own well-being. Yes. And so I'm going to keep doing that. Yes. But yeah, no, like honestly, building boundaries is harder than breaking them. I <laughs> so totally it's like, it's get it. It's hard. I have to be very intentional. Yeah, I totally get it. I'm the same. I, I'm the person who like, you know, when you're out at the grocery store or something and people will be like, hey, how are you? How's your day going? And I'll be like, shit, it's bad. <laughs> yep. Not great. And people are like shocked because they're just expecting for you to say. We like, all say good. We good. all say good. Good. That's just the generic. Why are we good. even asking how are you no. when we know that 99% of people are just going to say good? How are you? Yeah. It is such a like <laughs> yeah. nonsense. It doesn't matter. It's such a BS question yes. yeah. because we all know. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Moving it. On. That is the conversation. It's stupid. Yeah. It's so so nonsensical. Yes, I'm. I feel like I always get a shocked look on people's faces when I answer the question honestly. And I was talking to somebody about it recently, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's how I would answer it if I wasn't having a good day." And they were like, "Really? You wouldn't just like no? Because why am I lying to you? You asked me. Yeah, you asked you ask me the, the question. question. <laughs> I'm a provider. I'm not answer. having a great fucking day. <laughs> I'm on my period. I'm sweat. I sweat my shirt out before I came here. Like I'm gonna tell you the truth." I'm going to tell you the truth because you asked for it. And this is honestly like I this is how we build bridges yeah. in society is being honest, having vulnerable conversations and being real. Right. Like that is how we build these bridges with these divides we have between all of these communities. And so much of the time we're all dealing with the same stuff and we're pretending we're not. Yes. So we don't even know. Yeah. And we feel like we're in it alone because nobody's being honest. Right. I think we should start a podcast about radical honesty. Mm, and name I'm here it for radical it. honesty. 
with Cammy and Molly. I mean, and it. we will just yell at people and convince them to tell the truth about how they're feeling during stop the day. Stop lying. Everybody needs to stop lying, lying in 2024. That should be everybody's <laughs> yes. New Year's resolution. Yes. I don't care if it's February. No. Your new New Year's resolution is to be more honest. Yeah. In honesty. Out fake shit. Mm-hmm. Stop being fake. Tell the truth about how you're feeling during your day. But no, I... I'm fully aligned with you not posting the boyfriend. I'm fully aligned with you keeping your peace because I I'm sure you can relate to this because I know in your last relationship you posted a lot. Yes, I posted a lot Mm -hmm. in my last relationship and like now every article is about me and my ex-boyfriend. People don't even know that I have a new boyfriend like a lot of people do but some of the media outlets Mm -hmm. don't so they'll be like Cammy Crawford still single two years after I'm like "Mm, actually it's been almost three years and my boyfriend and I have been together for over a year. Same. Yeah. So I'm all for keeping that shit to yourself. Yeah. I like I learned from the last time. Yeah. Like, oh, we ain't doing that again. Yeah. We are not doing that again. Yeah. And people have this like misconception. They'll be like, oh, are you afraid somebody's going to like slide in his DMs? No, I don't care about people sliding in his DMs. I care about the fact that this is my piece and yes. I want to keep it that way. Absolutely. And the less that people know, people just like expect for you. I don't know if you feel like this, but in my last relationship, I he expected for me to post us mm. and other people expect for you to post. Like, yes. where's your picture? Where's the, oh, we want to see the couple's picture. Fuck off. I'm going to post what I want. And I post this him from the page. chin down. This ain't our page. Yeah, exactly. This is my page. Exactly. And also like, even more than anything, like, I feel protective of the ones that I love. Mm-hmm. And like, I know that I choose to post myself online and anybody can say anything they want. And I chose that life. Yeah. I work in the entertainment industry. That is the industry I've always wanted to work in. And I knew from a young age that in signing up to do that, there's negative stuff that comes with it. And it's a part of it's a part of the package. Right. He doesn't work in the entertainment industry. He is a behind the scenes person. Yeah. He is not living a public life. Like that is not his choice. Mm-hmm. Him falling in love with me is not him choosing to become a public figure. Yeah. Is not him choosing to work in the entertainment industry now and be in media. And so it's like, I want to protect his piece as well mm-hmm. because it would hurt me if I posted him. And people are like, oh, that's not who I expected her to end up with. Or, oh or like God. start making comments, right? And like they this. say stuff they like do. that. People go off and like are like, oh wow, I wouldn't have expected her to end up with a guy who XYZ. Yeah. Or like, and I'm like, step off. Like, yeah. what like yeah. who do, what, where do you get out you're saying that? You don't right. you don't know me like that. Like exactly. also, like I didn't maybe I didn't expect me to end up with somebody <laughs> like this, but I fell in love with them. Like yeah. that's just love. Like we don't know who we're gonna fall in love with. We don't pick, and I can have preferences and this, that, and the other. But when you fall in love with somebody, you fall in love with somebody regardless of like some arbitrary preferences you had before you met the person you fell in love with. And so it's like, I know that it would hurt me to see people make negative comments about my partner. And that is just inevitable Mm -hmm. when you post stuff online is there's going to be thankfully like 95% supportive, loving stuff. But we all know when you're in this space the negative ones are so much louder. So much louder. And like, I just want to protect his privacy. Yeah. And I want to protect his peace. And I want to protect my protection of him. And I don't want to be hurt for him. Yeah. No, you're doing the right thing. Do you feel, are there any difficulties? I mean, I'm sure that there are, but like, are there any difficulties that you have with you being blind and him being sighted? Or do you, is he able to like describe things to you? Are you able to, I don't, how does it work? He's so sweet. Like within the first like probably two months of us dating, 
we were talking about ableism and he's like, can I ask, have I ever done something ableist? And I was like, <gasps> the fact that you even asked means no. Like, what a sweet. He like really like wants to that. understand and wants to learn and wants to do the right thing and wants to be helpful. And when he doesn't do the right thing, he makes it right. Yeah. You know? And so I've dated a blind person, but all of my other partners have been sighted. So mm. most of my experience has been dating sighted people. Mm -hmm. So I've dated blind and I've dated sighted and they both have pros and cons. Mm. They both have challenges and they both have things that make it easier. You know, like he can drive. That's great. Yeah. That is great because I can't. Yeah. And LA is a driving city. It is, it is fabulous city. having a partner with a car, which my blind partner obviously couldn't. Yeah. Right. And so like that made that relationship harder than this one. Mm -hmm. But um, being with a blind partner, they like inherently understand certain emotional struggles. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it would it would be the same as like being in an interracial relationship mm -hmm. versus dating inside of your race. Mm -hmm. It like you know, there's, it's just yeah. different. There's it's certain things different. you have to explain and mm -hmm. certain things you don't have to explain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get that 1000%. I just, I'm so happy for you because Thank I feel you. like a lot of people from the outside who aren't educated and who don't know that people with disabilities live full, happy lives are always like, yeah, people well, think we're all like asexual. Yeah, long. exactly. A romantic, exactly. like we don't date, we yeah. don't have sex, we're completely like here's the thing, people like infantilize disabled people a lot, yes. which yes. is why we end up on these like angelic pedestals. And that's why it's important for me to be like, no, like I drink, I part look, I'm I have half a voice because I was at the gay clubs all weekend with my bestie for his bachelor party. Period. Like <laughs> I was sticking the ones down the drag queen's pants. Yeah. Like I was all out there, okay? And it's like it's important for me to that people see that and that they understand that. Yeah. And obviously, no, not all disabled people are doing that. Mm. But lots are. Lots are. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I've met disabled people who are assholes. Mm. And I've met mm. disabled people who are drug dealers mm. and who are, like, bad people. Drug dealers? Yeah. They try to give you drugs? Oh, they ain't giving me any drugs. <laughs> I ain't buying. Don't come back over here. <laughs> I ain't interested. But, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, like. I know a blind guy who was arrested because he was smuggling drugs and like that stuff exists. Yeah. And it's like people are like, <gasps> yeah. no way. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because we're people. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're people. <laughs> like we do shit. We, we do, do bad stuff shit. too. And 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 some disabled people are angelic little baby angels, mm. but some are just as like bad as any other person. Mm -hmm. They can also be criminals. And like, I like to think I live somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, I'm. <laughs> Somewhere between angel I'm, I'm, and like, criminal. Somewhere between angel and criminal, just like the infantilization of disabled people, treating us like we're all children. Mm -hmm. Like, girl, I am 30. I mean, in two days, but like, what's my yes, 30? 30, 30 and so it's like, I'm 30. I am not a baby. Yeah. Like, stop talking to my mom instead of to me. Yeah. Stop like acting like I'm like this sweet, innocent creature who's like never heard of vodka. Yeah. Like I don't understand. Like it's so bizarre. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think it's the infantilization of disabled people that like leads them to think that we we, we can't possibly date. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we can't possibly have sexual interests. Yeah. I mean, listen, they have audio described porn for the blind. Do they? If you didn't know it exists, <gasps> it does exist. Wait, I do I not partake, so oh. I can't tell you much about it. <laughs> it's like, where is it? And I, what would they say? 
Because some of that shit, I don't even want to see with my eyes. So they I don't tell you what's up, I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't even want to hear it with my ears. No, I've heard. <laughs> that's why I'm, I have no interest. But that's what I mean. It's like we are normal beings. We we get married. We have kids. Yeah. It's so funny. People will be like, can blind people be gay? And I'm like, what? What? Like, we, <laughs> blind people can be trans. They can be gay. They yeah. Can be like, what is going on here? I'm like, sorry. We are just normal people <laughs> who cannot see. Like, it's really interesting. And so, yeah, it's it, it's just really important to recognize that we live very full lives. Yeah. And sometimes that means you end up with with a sighted person. And sometimes it means you end up with a, a sight a blind person. Sometimes it means you end up in an interabled relationship or mm-hmm. a multi-disabled relationship. And like, it's whoever you fall in love with because love's love. And it's just, it is what it is. Amen. Every time we do episodes surrounding disability or impairments or anything, I, we get a lot of questions from people who are trying to date and maybe they can't meet anyone in person. So they're like, I'm on the apps, but like, should I disclose? Mm. Did you have like being blind on your Tinder profile? Okay, first off, before we answer that question, you just like triggered something in my brain <gasps> that I have to say. A good thing or so, a bad thing? This is like one of those things. <laughs> it'll. You, I'm a triggering I, person. Yeah, no, you'll be triggered. So <laughs> one thing that we as disabled people receive a lot of online when we're in a relationship is, and I can't even get a boyfriend. Oh my God. And I'm like, yes. Wow, the I've ableism is strong with this one. It's also like that is rude. so rude. That is so <laughs> yeah. insane. well maybe I'm just a nicer person than you I don't know maybe I'm more charismatic I don't know what to tell you obviously I am because I would not be leaving a comment like this I guess you ain't that funny I don't know what to tell you (laughs) sorry it's so true it is so insane to me yeah that and that is like one of those like we're used to pity or praise pity or praise Mm -hmm. like you pity us so much and you're used to seeing us as so low yeah on the t- totem pole and so undesirable because mainstream media has like never painted us yeah. as desirable, as sexy, as dateable, as frankly normal. Yeah. That you are like, but them? Yeah. They could have any sighted girl they want and they picked her? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. People are Like sick. it is so insanely rude. Yeah. I cannot. No, I've seen that so many times where like, and the commenter will be like some conventionally beautiful like blonde girl commenting on somebody's video that she thinks is less attractive mm. than her and be like she has a boyfriend and mm. I don't yeah because she's probably a nice person and right. you're you need to do some self-reflection then right <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. and other than in the mirror exactly something's going on something's off. like it's yeah it's it's <laughs> it's either you or your priorities yeah. something ain't working yeah the math exactly. ain't mathing, and it is just so I just had to say it because yeah. I just comments like that are so unnecessary yeah and really it just shows how ableist you are yes. so thank you for exposing your own discrimination yeah exactly and also my boyfriend still wouldn't be into you regardless <laughs> so don't worry like, about we it. have value i don't yeah. know how much i have to scream it from the rooftops exactly that, like being able to see is not the most valuable part of who i am as a human yeah Right. Like your sight, Cammy, is not what makes you valuable to this world. Yeah. And therefore, if you do not have sight, you are not inherently devalued to society. Yeah. It's. Yeah. People are crazy. People Anyways, are crazy. did I disclose it or not? <laughs> no. The answer is no. Generally, no. Mm-hmm. For multiple reasons. Number one, safety. Yeah. 
people are weird. People who are disabled are at a much higher risk for being abused and mm. sexually assaulted. What? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, I did much not know that. Risk. Mm-hmm. Because one of our senses is impaired and therefore we are more vulnerable. Wow. And controlling, manipulative, abusive men seek out people they view as more vulnerable. And that That's is true. just facts. I am more vulnerable. And as much as I want to be like, I'm a strong, independent woman, I am vulnerable. I yeah. can't see. Yeah. Like that makes me vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You pull a gun out. I'm just sitting there looking pretty. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, like I am vulnerable. That yeah. is just facts. And yeah. so to protect myself, no, I would not put it in the bio until I knew that this mm-hmm. was like a safe person mm-hmm. that deserved to know. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't know why people feel that I have an obligation mm-hmm. to tell them this part about myself, which depending on your circumstance as a disabled person might be super freaking traumatic for you. Mm-hmm. Like I have people in my life who became disabled. Um, like one of my very good friends became disabled because his dad shot him in the head. Mm. That's pretty damn traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another friend who had a failed suicide attempt. Mm. Do you think she wants to like relive? Yeah. That day forever, every time people want to know. Right. No, that's not your business. And so I don't know why people feel like unless we're all expected to trauma dump in our yeah. bio that's Narcissist. three sentences long, then <laughs> yeah. I don't then we don't have to. Right. You know, like yeah. it, it should be equal playing field here. Right. Like unless you're telling me that like your parents divorced when you were three yeah. and so now you have commitment issues. Daddy issues because narcissistic you, yeah, tendencies. You're, you're, you grew up with a like a, a drug addicted mother yeah. which has caused you to have a lot of like insecurities around substance. Like mm-hmm. unless you are supposed to now be like, I failed math. Yeah. And also like then yeah. why am I supposed to tell you about like this massive hardship that I have faced in my life That's and real. overcome? That's so real. I'm going to tell you the things that I think make me fun to date. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the things that I think we might connect on. Like, do I think you also went blind at 14? So we're going to have this. No, probably not. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you that I love sushi. And if you also love sushi, we might get along. Mm -hmm. And then I love travel. And if travel's a priority in your life, cool. Like, we might get along. And, you know, like, I'm going to tell you things that are important about me as a person. And my blindness, as I said, is not the most important thing about me. So you can find out when you're meant to find out. Yeah. Just like I'm going to find out things that formed you as a human, but are not the most important thing about you when you're ready to disclose those things and you think I'm deserving to know them. Mm -hmm. And so that is how I feel. And when I feel safe to tell you. Yeah. And I do understand that I have a privilege in that I do not, quote, look disabled. And therefore, I have a privilege in that I do not have to disclose. Mm. I can hold it back. And not everybody in the disability community has that privilege. Mm -hmm. And so to them, I say, be safe, my friend. Put other safety guards in place that ensure your safety and security when dating because your safety needs to be your top priority. Even more than finding love is your safety and your peace. And so just put other safety guards up that make sure that you are protecting yourself. Other things that I would do, for example, is I would always meet up during the day at a location Mm. that was close to my house that I knew very well that I could get to on my own. Uh, I would sometimes, if I felt a little bit sketchy, I would make sure that I had a friend or a family member actually like 
go with me and sit mm-hmm. at the other side of the I've cafe and like oh literally God, be that. visually watching me. <laughs> yeah. Or um, like one time I had my assistant like walk ahead of me mm. to where we were meant to meet and she texted me. She says, she's like, yes, he is the guy from the photos. Um, mm. Like, so I would always like have other people verify for me. Yeah. Talk on the phone first. Yeah. Get the vibes. FaceTime. Right. Like there are things that you can do to make sure you're safe. Do those. Wow. Molly, I knew I was going to love you. I knew I was going to love you from TikTok. But now I really, really love you. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. This Can is you, so fun. I thank you for letting me rant. Time. I'm sorry. Are you I got me? on my soapbox too many times. No, I apologize. you didn't. This is what I want. This is what we need. Like, no, no. This is what people you put a mic mic in front of me and yes. you ask me a question. And I'm like, I will now rant for 30 yes. minutes. Thank you. I'm the exact same way. If you were interviewing me, I would be doing the exact same thing. But no, this is this was beautiful and amazing. And people need to hear it because people need to Stop leaving weird ass comments <laughs> on people's videos and mm-hmm. things like that and stop infantilizing people with disabilities and just like understand that we're all human beings going through human shit. And just yeah, truly. Yeah. In the year of our Lord 2024, yeah. we are all just going through it. Yeah. OK, we are Literally. all just trying to survive. Literally. We are existing and yes. trying to survive and we all need to give everybody a little more grace. Agreed. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes, I am basically everywhere at Molly Burke Official. M-O-L-L-Y-B-U-R-K-E Official. And I always say, if you forget, just type in Molly with a Y and then mm-hmm. blind. And I will pop up. Like I will <laughs> Makes appear. Makes it easy. I Molly blind. If all else fails, <laughs> Molly blind. You'll find me everywhere. Molly, I love you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can catch a new episode of Relationship every single Friday. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss any of the action. And I want to hear from you. So please, if you love the show, leave us a review. But by review, you know I only need five stars only. And let us know what you think. Make sure you follow us on socials at Relationship on Instagram and at Pod on Twitter. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye, bestie.